0: hello everyone and welcome back to bench busted fpl we are back for our second season now bringing you all of the latest information and of course our team updates as we Get ever closer to the FPL deadline for the 21-2022 Premier League season. My name is Jack, and as always, I am joined by Nick. Nick, how are you doing this week? Jack, it's Christmas Eve.
1: It is Christmas Eve. <laughs> I'm very excited. Tomorrow, Brentford kickoff against Arsenal. The Premier League season starts. Have I decided on my team? Have I? Heck, like, I've, I've still got so many decisions to make. There's so much news coming through. Um, Nothing set in stone. And I don't know, I'm always excited about this time of the year when when we're doing our teams and setting stuff up. And it's the time of the year where um, we haven't made a bunch of mistakes yet. We haven't totally trashed it. You're not saying it's all over for me, which is always (laughs) nice. Uh, I'm feeling great. How are you feeling?
0: Yeah, I mean, like you say, it feels like, you know, we've obviously had the game out for, I think, about a month now, maybe just over a month. Um, I think it was officially announced and, and released uh, during the back end of the Euro, so we've had some time to sort of put together many a draft, as you say, and and I think that from last season, I would all, I I think I made a, quite a few mistakes where I would tinker with my team the day before the deadline, and I, I definitely think I want to have my team fairly cemented in place before tomorrow, certainly before tomorrow afternoon, because as you know, I am going to be down uh, watching the first game between Brentford and Arsenal in person down at the Brentford Community Stadium so I am I'm hyped for football to be back I'm hyped to go back and watch live football so yeah I mean you know I just want to make sure that I I have my team locked in and and I'm happy with the way it looks I mean I am happy with it but I have been tinkering around with it without further ado I think we should just get into our teams and you know where we are at where our thoughts are at in and in terms of our teams and, and how it's looking I think you know, I, I have made a few changes from the last time when we recorded. I mean, pretty much the skeleton there is is all very much the same. You know, it, there, there is somewhat of a template forming online in, in the social media circles uh, of FPL. There's very much a a spine forming uh, of a lot of teams that I'm seeing. You know, I think the likes of Trent, Salah, I've seen Shaw in a lot of teams as well. Sanchez seems to be the uh, the, the go-to goalkeeper, certainly if you're of the thinking of having a 4.5 and a 4.0 goalkeeper set up in your team to sort of minimise that spending there um, but yeah I have made a few changes as I say I won't reveal my hand just yet but Nick how's your team looking have, have you been making many changes yourself
1: I have I've been faffing and bipping around and pulling people in and out and seeing what's possible and I've actually settled on a team that I'm reasonably okay with with 0.5 in the bank at the moment so yeah, maybe. I mean, the problem is, Jack, that there's going to be a bunch of news between now and then. I've already just, just before we started recording, I, I was reading about Watkins' role at Aston Villa. And he's obviously not in my team at the moment. And I'm thinking, oh, could I can I just fit Watkins in? What about Buendia? What if Buendia does start? Because he's gone for now. And, and, oh man, it it's tough. It's real tough to not tinker. And I respect your your ability to sort of set clear rules for you because... I'm, I, I there's
0: a chance that I'm tinkering right up until the deadline here, right up until it. <laughs> I say that to sort of give the air of confidence in my team. There's absolutely no doubt that throughout the entirety of tomorrow, I will be sort of, uh, you know, checking the footballing headlines and seeing if any major breaking news has come through. I think, you know, we were discussing this uh, before we started recording, but we are all in the FPL sphere and certainly in the Premier League sphere, um, I guess you more so as a Chelsea fan, but we are all still waiting for the official announcement of Romelu Lukaku to 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 be, uh, to be made. So I think it will be interesting to see what price he comes in at. I think you were saying that he is, uh, well, he's in London at the moment trying to complete his deal, um, but he is, of course, having to isolate until, uh, I think you said until Monday. So, you know, he is not going to be able to feature for Chelsea in game week one. I don't think that he was going to feature for them unless he had, you know, a week or so under his belt training with the squad and getting used to how Tuchel wants to play him. But yeah, I think a lot of FPL managers are sort of uh, on tender hooks, waiting to see what his price will be. I reckon it'll be 11 million, 10.5 if if we're hopeful and if we're really lucky, but I don't think FPL would price him at that point. So I think 11, 11 11.5 is certainly going to be an interesting price point for, for him. Yeah, I think apart from that, I mean, Joe Willock, I know that there was some standoff between Joe Willock and Newcastle in terms of personal terms but I think earlier today it was announced that they had reached an agreement on personal terms and and I think that they are trying to push now for him to be uh, officially added into the squad before 12 o'clock on Friday the 13th tomorrow so that he may be able to uh, feature in their first game against West Ham so there are going to be a lot of uh, transfers between now and uh, well certainly between now and the end of the transfer window of course last season didn't have that luxury shall we say you know we we, we knew what the teams were going to be um, at the start of the season because of the uh, covid postponements but now we've got sort of what is it three or four weeks before b- between the start of the season and between the transfer window shutting so going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see how the first few weeks of the season go um, in terms of all of the teams in the league, um, you know, we've still got that lingering question over Harry Kane and, and where is he going to be come the end of August. Speaking of Spurs, one of the players that I've got currently in my team occupying the midfield is Hummin Son. Oh my, oh what? So I've somehow put together a team that has got these sort of quote-unquote free big hitting players with Son undercutting the likes of Salah and Fernandez in there. I'm currently set on a 3-5-2. The thing that appeals to me about Son is if Kane does get his move, I think Son just becomes even more of an attractive asset. If he doesn't, I think we've seen it over the last couple of seasons. Yes, I know Kane will be maybe a bit down in the dumps, but as a footballer, Kane will want to still score goals and and create chances for that team. Um, And and I don't think that just because he's not going to get a move to Man City this summer... That he's just gonna go off the boil, and I think that Son and, and Kane, you certainly know what you're getting with those two players. So I do have Son in there, and I think as well in pre season, you know, he's what is it? He scored something like four goals and got on three assists in the pre season, and I get it. There's only so much you can read into pre season. Of course, he wasn't playing with Harry Kane; he was, you know, occupying that main striker role without uh, the presence of Harry Kane in there. But I have got Son in there. He's 10 million, as I say. It is a bit of a punt. And it does soak up quite a bit of the funds of the team as well. But that is one of the, I mean, he he is one of the positions that I am umming and ahhing about, as it were, because I know that if you drop him down to any of these sort of mid-tier midfielders, then it does free up a, a bunch of funds to, you know, reinvest elsewhere in the team. And it's something that I have been thinking about hard and experimenting with. And it's just, you know, it's going to come down to whether or not I believe Son can outperform one or two of these other players. Um, so I think that that's really the the, the, the main player who has uh, emerged into my team over the last week or so. Um, I don't know, you, you seemed fairly surprised by that. Has, has that taken you back a bit?
1: Yeah, Jack, honestly. Uh, so, so hang on, I'm right in thinking you've got Salah Fernandez, and Son in your team. Oh my word, that is big money moves. And I'm looking at my team now, you said it. I think you have to do some pretty crazy stuff. You have to have, definitely. You must have some sort of really low-priced midfielder enabler in order to do that. Um, I I'm going to go out on a huge limb here and say, is it is it Smith Rowe? Have, have you got Smith Rowe in to do that?
0: I do not have Smith Rowe in my team.
1: Oh well, I can't wait for the reveal later then. But personally, it's something I've looked at, and I just think that in order to do it, like. Which is why I'm interested in your team now. You have to really cut up your team a lot and and take out a lot of sort of a lot of the value in the other positions, uh, if that makes sense. So it's something I thought about, but personally, I just don't see enough of a benefit from Son compared to someone like Jota, uh, which who is two two and a half million less and and probably just as good, or maybe even better. So I haven't done it myself.
0: Yeah, and look, I, I get I, I get the attraction of Jota, of course I do. You know, he's been in and out of my team over the last week. But I, again, there's only so much you can read into preseason. I think Klopp knows what he's getting when he plays with the likes of that front three of Mane, Salah, and Firmino up top. And I think that Jota very much is going to be that that fourth choice option there. I, I I can see him being rotated with the likes of Firmino and. Marne more than with Salah Um, I just started a season I don't know I'm I'm not sure about Jota
1: oh yeah no totally reasonable to be to be nervous about it and it's honestly something that, that people are thinking about I was just thinking that if I wanted to get Son into my team which is something I've tried to do but but haven't gone through with it means that the other positions get throttled a little bit so you can't move as easily to Players that maybe do start lighting up the, the the league and start performing in 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 ways that are nuts. Like, um, I think with with the current way that I have, like my strikers set up, for example, I've got three strikers and and they're all pretty similarly priced, but at sort of slightly different points, which means that it isn't necessarily too hard to start moving them on and swapping them up if if there's injuries, of which there are numerous injuries with loads of these strikers at this sort of price point and. If there's one emerging option that's like really cheap, then you can sort of jump on them a bit easier too. Um, it's, it's something I've thought about. I'm very interested in the rest of the team actually because Son is hard to fit in. It's very hard to fit in Salah, Fernandez, and Son. So uh, I want to know what you've done, Jack. Can you tell me? Can you just break <laughs> it straight away?
0: So in goal, I have Sanchez, as I mentioned earlier. I've gone with Steel as the backup who is the backup Brighton goalkeeper in there I know that they've got another 4.5 who's currently injured but uh, I have gone for steel certainly towards the start of the season I've, I've been reading a lot about Ben Foster and a lot of people suggesting that because he's you know because people are looking at Ben Foster and seeing that he is such a, a household name in the Premier League that they are just assuming that he is going to be a number one goalkeeper I mean it might change back to Foster because Let's be honest, if a lot of people jump off of him, what's the worst that can happen when he goes down to 3.9? But and then if Backman, who is going to be the or alleged number one goalkeeper uh, for Watford in the Premier League, um, then you know, if if he has a few bad games, then you know that Foster can you know step right into it and and having a 4.0, 3.9 playing goalkeeper is something not not to shy away from. So there's absolutely you know, every possibility that Steele changes back to Foster. The back line, I've got Trent and Shaw in there. I've gone with two 4.5 defenders and a 4.0. The 4.0 is not Simikas. I was thinking long and hard about Simikas because, again, you know, with the Andy Robertson injury um, looking like he's going to miss the first sort of three or four weeks of the season. Um, But of course, there will be an international break um, at the end of August going into September. So you know it it looks like he could be back after that and I didn't particularly want to tie up a Liverpool spot with a 4.0 and and you know I I do maybe at some point want to invest in Jota I think you mentioned it a few weeks back Uh, certainly to me I don't know if you said it on the podcast but certainly the Africa Cup of Nations when that rears its ugly head you know you will have a few of those Liverpool assets going away to represent their their international teams Um, so I think that that's a prime opportunity to go with someone like Jota who will you know come to the fore, uh, as it were so I, I don't want to sort of back myself into a corner having a 4.0 Liverpool defender who then is just extremely difficult to move off of so I've gone with Omar Bamadeli who again you mentioned him last week as well and and I think in pre-season yes I get it he's a Norwich defender and maybe you don't want you don't really want to go anywhere near the Norwich defence but he's played I think virtually every minute for them in the pre-season so if you want a 4.0 playing defender who you know could get game time and then certainly after the first four or five games for Norwich when their fixtures do ease up he can become like a a viable option to to be auto subbed in off of the bench I've gone with Ben White and Veltman as the two 4.5s Veltman again double up with the or at the moment triple up I guess with Brighton assets but the 4.0 sub goalkeeper doesn't really count Um, and I think Veltman you know in the absence of Lamptey we saw it uh, last season as well. He 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 does like to play, or he does tend to play on the right hand side. Certainly on the right hand side of a of a back three, if they do decide to set up with a uh, a back five. And Ben White is in there purely because you know after the first three weeks or so, I think Arsenal's fixtures really do take a turn for the good. You know, I mean, yes, they got Brentford in the opening fixture, then they got Chelsea and Man City, but after that, I mean, their next most notable, yes, there's the... North London derby in game week six you know after that Liverpool in game week 12 Man United in game week 14 they do have a fairly favorable run of fixtures all the way up until Christmas after that or certainly on the uh, on the Premier League fixture difficulty rating it it does tend to suggest that they are favorable fixtures so he's in there um, just occupying that 4.5 spot Um, someone who as we all know last season with Brighton you know he did contribute uh certainly in terms of the uh clean sheets and the defensive work rate there so I think that he can certainly improve that Arsenal backline. I feel like I'm talking a lot so I've gone through my defenders and my goalkeepers Nick why don't you take us through your defenders and your goalkeepers
1: oh Jack it's very very similar so for very similar reasons I've got Sanchez I've got um the backup keeper I've got is Angus Gunn at the moment because I don't know am I drunk it's it's hard to say, but <laughs> I, I'm a big Angus Gunn fan from his time at Southampton. And I think that there's a chance that he might break through at Norwich at some point this season. Um, I'm not really thinking about the what happens if Sanchez gets injured sort of situation. I'm just looking for, for value. I'm looking for dirty deals. So I've I've got uh, Gunn in. We're pretty similar, I think. I think Alexander-Arnold and, and Shaw are pretty... Are pretty set in a lot of teams at the moment and and your team and my team are no exception where they put out such good stats and they're such good players who are fit well sure sort of fit and ready to go that they're almost sort of no-brainers they're they're, they're just players that you definitely want to have in in your team. Omo Bamadelli, Omo Bamadelli, again love him great option at 4.0 also have him but here the last two defenders is where we get interesting Jack because you, you said you said some pretty interesting things, and, and I agree actually with everything you said. But I've got a different Arsenal defender in my starting eleven.
0: <laughs> Have you gone for Tierney?
1: I've gone for Tierney. He's only five He's he's, he's 0.5 more than than Ben White. So whereas you've spent you know money on getting a four point five bench defender, I've pumped I've pumped all that fun straight into Tierney instead of Ben White. Ben White instead of <laughs> instead of White, and. And I'm going, I'm going for the big attacking returns. The guy has scored and assisted in pre-season already. And it looks a, a bit like Arteta's interested in his his old five at the back. And he's interested in having his, full backs, or his wing backs bomb forward. And I love a wing back. I love whispering about wing backs. So I'm in there. And my 4.0 of choice isn't, isn't Amati, who was rumoured to be starting for Le- Leicester because of numerous injuries they've had. Unfortunately, Leicester have recently bought Vestergaard, the caveman from Southampton. He's going to take his concrete shell over to Leicester and probably play every game for them. Um, so Amati's out. I think uh, you, you called him Tamiskas. I, I, I've been pronouncing the T a bit harder. Tamiskas. But uh, Kostas, he's he's not someone I can consider because I've got three Liverpool players. Hashtag spoiler. Um, so I've gone for, for Hoover. 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 Um, Wolves. I think he's going to play the first game. I don't know if he'll carry on playing after that when Sumido gets back into the squad. But I do know that Sumido is rubbish and that with a new manager, they're liable to change the players and and switch things up. And in preseason, he's impressed. He's been very good in preseason. I think that there's a potential there for some price rises uh, at the very least, which could be useful for me later on. And maybe he'll even play and be a sub that I can use um, for the first few game weeks. So that's my five defenders and, and my and my goalkeepers.
0: So have you gone with two 4.0 defenders then?
1: I certainly have, yeah.
0: And not the two that everyone has. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, there's not much more to say about that. I mean, I have toyed with that idea. Um, I guess, you know, it does sort of leave you, well, certainly my team, it does leave it a bit more exposed, as, as it were, in terms of cover at the back. If, if one of the uh, starting 11 players was to get injured, it does sort of leave me a bit... Open. If I went down that route, I'll move on to my midfield then. So I already revealed the fact that I am going with the sort of three heavy hitting midfielders in Salah, Fernandez, and Son. Um, I think you know, as I mentioned already about Son, although he does play against Manchester City in the first game um, of the season for Spurs, I, I do just think that he is a a fantastic option uh, to have, and, and I think certainly after that opening fixture for them on Sunday you know their fixtures do ease up a little bit they then have to go up against Wolves Watford and Crystal Palace in their in their next three games and yes okay maybe there are some tough fixtures after that as well but like I say I'm I'm just convinced I'm on I'm on the son I'm on the son bandwagon before it's even begun um and I'm hoping
1: you're drunk you're, you're drunk you say
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I don't know I don't know see this, this is what I'm saying I think Son is in there as A bit of a cash cow, let's be honest. I mean, he gives me that funds and I can drop him down to quite literally any other midfielder apart from KDB. Uh So I I think I'm happy having him in there at the moment. Um, I'm hoping that maybe you can, you know, improve my team when we do get on to sort of where we're at and and how we feel about our teams later on. But I don't have Emil Smith-Rowe in there. I've gone with a 6.5 and a 6.0 in my midfield. Rafinha. Who I think, again, as we mentioned last week and on many occasions, I just think, you know, okay, his fixtures don't look great to start the season. But at 6.5 million with the creative output and the creative force that he was with that Leeds side last year, I just, I think any, I think really any... Leeds attacker or certainly the, the right Leeds attackers, i.e. Rafinha, Harrison or Bamford are just fixture proof because I think that they can score against these quote-unquote big sides and we've seen it in the past as well, you know, Leeds like to play very attractive football and there's absolutely no reason why Rafinha can't match if not outperform his uh, stats from last season. So I'm, I'm I'm keeping him in there and like I say 6.5 for me just feels like he's undervalued. And then the 6.0 player that I have in my team, someone else who has sort of caught the eye in season, and that is Saeed Ben-Rama. Okay, cool. I thought you were going to say Adama Traore
1: and I was about to lose my mind.
0: <laughs> no, it's not Adama Traore. It is Said Ben-Rama.
1: Okay, okay. What 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 about Ben Ram has got you going? Because I've seen a lot of chat about him as well on the socials.
0: Well, this is it. I think certainly on 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 Twitter, as it were, you know, he is. I would say you know the 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 Twitter FPL darling at the moment. I think you hear a lot of chat about him. I think you look at the West Ham fixtures. Um, you know, they've got Newcastle away. Then they have to host Leicester, and I think uh, then they go against Palace and Southampton. So four out of those opening or three out of open, three out of those opening four fixtures are to me very winnable and very attractive games. And there's absolutely no reason why they can't give Leicester a good run for their money as well. And I just think that, you know, the link up play between Ben Rama and the likes of Antonio four nows and just that, that West Ham attacking unit in preseason has looked decent. Um, I think again, in a similar vein to the likes of, you know, okay, it wasn't the similar amounts of money that was spent on Havers and Werner and and the like, but it, it it's taken him maybe a season or so to sort of bed himself into that West Ham side. And I think that David Moyes likes him as a player. Um, I think as well, obviously, with the fact that West Ham are going to be playing in the European competitions this season, um, there is maybe one part of me thinking okay if I want to have West Ham assets maybe I should get on them early enough before that European rotation and you know build up of fixtures really kicks in so I think certainly the the early fixtures are, are where to target um, at the moment and like I say I mean even after those first four fixtures they got Man United at home in game week five and then you know they they do have a fairly favorable, favorable run of fixtures after that so if I do want to keep hold of him then I, I can very well do so and I just think you know like I could say that that West Ham side and the way that he's looked in preseason, he could be a very very good player to have in your side at only six million oh
1: yeah you're not going to convince me but it isn't it is a convincing argument I'll give you that I mean <laughs> I've seen stuff about the stats and and I think the most interesting thing for me is is someone did a survey of all the Uh, Sort of the main subreddits for for different or every and every Premier League team, and asked each person in each subreddit who from their own team they'd have. And West Ham fans, um, a lot more West Ham fans have have Ben Rama than like the average person, and a lot more of them think he'll start than the average person. So there's got to be something there. I mean, they're the people watching the team. They're the people seeing him week in week out. So even even that stat alone has me thinking that Ben Rama is someone that should be more on our radars. Although I certainly, I obviously I don't have him. Um, I, I can't fault people who do, can I? Because like, he, he's he's looking good, Jack. He's just looking good. So it's an interesting choice from you there. Um, as for my midfield, pretty similar, obviously. I mean, I've got Salah, I've got Fernandez, I've got Rafinha. I think everything you said about Rafinha speaks for itself. Um, quality player, who's probably a little bit underpriced, we'll see, time will tell. Fernandez. We haven't really talked about him too much. Um, I think for both of us, he's probably just a bit of a placeholder at the moment. Where you're desperate
0: for Lukaku, I, I can tell. Where you want to go, you want to go Fernandez down to like. I just want to know. I just want to know what his price point is going to be, and I just want to know if it's. So I, I'm not so much fixated on Fernandez down to Lukaku as much as I am on Son up to Lukaku.
1: Ah, so you'd keep Fernandez and get the three.
0: Yeah, because I, I, I and and I think the only way that I've been sort of playing it around in my head is would would be to drop Son down to a four point five, go with four across the middle, and the only way that that's in reach for me then is if I think if Lukaku comes in at like ten point five, then it may be reachable for me. I don't know on the maths there, but i sort of try to line it up as best as I can to try and maybe eke out that move if possible. But I don't know, who who knows, time will tell.
1: Yeah, if if FPL pay me to take Lukaku, then I can probably fit him in. (laughs) But uh, I I think the same, by the way. I think that Fernandes is almost like a placeholder at the moment where if Lukaku comes into the game, I'm playing three up top, so it'll be that I'll downgrade him and upgrade one of my strikers, whoever's sort of, looking most likely to get injured I suppose um but for the moment he stays because he's just the premium option that's also going to play whereas like last season we were talking about oh it's like Aubameyang versus Kevin versus Fernandez versus Salah this season it really feels like there's one and a half premium options um and or what or two, but like they're both halves. It's like, do you want Kane or Fernandez? Not really to both of those, and it's it's tough. But at the moment, they're both in my team. They're both hanging out, and then I've also got Jota, who I think is very similar to Son. Um, we've we've already spoken about him, actually. I, I'm I'm a fan, and and it's hard to not be a fan. It, I, there is a lot of rotation risk, and I think part of playing four in midfield means that you get a four point five midfielder. So if Jota is benched and doesn't play you at least get some points off the bench there. There's less risk involved. But personally, I think he's going to play and I think he's going to play regardless of whether Firmino plays as well. I think that they've played um, a 4-2-3-1 a couple of times already this season, uh, last season. They've, They've played it before with all four of those, the Salah, Jota, Mane, Firmino, front four playing. So I think it's possible and I think it could happen. And I think the fixtures are just too good to avoid Liverpool attackers like this. Uh, this early on of course if it all fails and goes wrong then such is life and I'll move on and get like Foden or someone else who's going to get rotated loads and disappoint me <laughs> that's that's the way the season goes isn't it um, and then and then finally I've got Brownhill as my as my fifth midfielder Um he's, he's going to sit on the bench he's never going to come off the bench as far as I can tell Burnley fans think he's going to play every game he seems to play the way that Bernie play with their, their really strict 4-4-2 means that their midfielders are sort of liable to get more points but frankly I'm just interested in because he gets less he gets fewer yellow cards than Bissouma which is uh
0: <laughs> it's always a plus it's my biggest
1: <laughs> yeah my biggest plus and they're probably more likely to keep a clean sheet than Norwich uh because uh Gilmore is the other option which is literally the only reason I've decided on it and I don't know if you're following along at home. If you're if you're following if you're following along in the studio, you may have realised that my team is almost entirely red and white at this point, um, <laughs> with a little bit of brown from Brownhill, um, and that will not change when we get to the forwards either. Uh, so get excited for that. But uh, yeah, that, that's that's my midfield. Those are my thoughts. I think I've also set myself up well so that I can get on the right, like get on other players if if stuff really goes a bit pear shaped here with. Uh, players at some sort of different price points, uh, making it easier to move.
0: Yeah, no, make com- completely reasonable arguments to have those five players in. Um, like you say, I mean, that 4.5 spot, if you were to go that way, I don't think it really matters who you have there, you know, as long as you've got a, a 4.5 playing midfielder who is, you know, likely to get you some game time and potentially be auto-subbed in if, if you uh, if you do need him to be, then... That's that. That's all you can hope for. That I think that's the best that you are going to get from there. And, and certainly, if I was going with a four point five, it would be between the aforementioned Gilmore and Josh Brownhill. My attacking line, then, of course, going with a three five two at the moment. I do have uh, Obafemi in there from Southampton, who, again, you know, before the Adam Armstrong transfer, so Adam Armstrong from Blackburn, who scored, I think, it was twenty eight goals in the Championship. Um, last season four, Blackburn Rovers has gone over to Southampton. You know, they they obviously used the money from the Danny Ings sale to bring in uh, Adam Armstrong. And now they've got the uh, two Armstrongs in that team. And I think that, you know, Hassan Hüttel will definitely slot him into that starting 11. And it maybe does make Michael Obafemi a bit more of a less attractive option there. But I think, you know, for, again, you know, there are only, what, four, 4.5 strikers in the game and let's be honest in the same vein of josh brownhill and and gilmore but to a a lesser extent i mean he's not particularly going to be featuring that much i I don't feel uh, for that southampton side but he's just in there as a you know a money saver um who is just going to sit on my bench along with the likes of omar Mamedeli. but the two strikers that i've got of course ivan tony is in there You know, 6.5, I think we've already spoken to him. You're you're
1: a big Brentford fan now, aren't you?
0: I'm not a big Brentford fan. I'm just saying, look, 6.5 million, you know, 30% owned. And look, if things don't go to plan for him, then I think that there are some other strikers who could come to the fold in that uh, around that sort of price bracket. And again, you know, with all of these sort of mid-priced strikers in the game, it's uh, not going to be too difficult to sort of uh, mix and match, as it were. Um, and then the other striker who I have got in my team at the moment, and it does mean that I am going with a West Ham double up, and that is Mikael Antonio.
1: Ooh, really?
0: Yeah. I mean, I just think that, you know, he looked he, he looked good when I watched the preseason friendly between Brentford and West Ham. He looked, you know, he looked like Antonio. You know, he's. I think if he can stay fit, yes, I know that there's going to be arguments about his fitness level and, and how long he can stay at peak fitness at at the start of the season. But, you know, he's, he's, he looks fresh. He is physical. Everything I mentioned when I was talking about him on the last podcast as well, you know, he is just that physical player who, you know, not only is he a fantastic striker, but he can also bring other players into the game. Um, And I think that, you know, him and Ben Rama certainly seem to be striking up a bit of a, uh, a bit of a good partnership there. So, I'm hoping that having those two West Ham players could could bring me a lot of joy certainly in the early stages of the season and again as I say if it if it doesn't work out I mean he is at that 7.5 million price point so you can jump off to literally one of you know six or seven players at that same sort of price range so yes it may mean that I have to change my team around here or there um, but that's that's how I'm currently set up what about your front three
1: yeah, so front free. Um, I'll go with Tony to start with because I think Tony's in a lot of teams. He's in my team as well. Um, I know that I know a big Brentford fan. He goes to every game now, and uh, he said that Tony looked all right. <laughs> I think he's actually also come out and said in in interviews recently that he's quite confident moving into the season. So yeah, no brainer. I think. As for the attacker, the other two, the attackers. As for the other two, I'm I'm very interested in your 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 Antonio pick. Going double West Ham is is huge, and when there's so many other options, it's it's almost hard to to pick someone. Um, I've gone for Jimenez and Ings at the moment. Um, I've gone for Jimenez, and then subsequently called my team, and and this is a bit of a shame because I realised saying out loud it sounds uh, it sounds different to how I intended it. (laughs) But I've called my team Jimenez erection. Which isn't Jimenez' erection; it's resurrection, and then the Jimenez' erection. But I might have to—I
0: uh, might have to pronounce that uh real hard. I don't think there's any way that you can say it that doesn't make it sound phallic, mate. Oh, it's just so phallic! But I've got to commit
1: to it. I'm, this is the next thirty-eight weeks of this. Um, yeah, I've gone for Jimenez. I think he's looked very, very good in pre-season. I think he's going to resurrect this season, clearly, or he's going to. Be aroused. He's going to something's <laughs> going to happen to Jimenez this season, and I'm here for it. I'm here for the ride, um, and I'm here to see how how Wolves go Um from the off because they've got a very attacking manager and they've looked like they want to attack in pre season. Bring it on, I say. Um, and then I've got Danny Ings. Um, I'm very nervous about this. He's a bit more than the, the classic seven point five. He's, he's obviously eight million, and wasn't even in my thoughts until he moved to Aston Villa. But he's a quality finisher. The guy, well, to to to, to To quote an old video I once saw about Harry Kane, he knows where the goal is, he knows the bottom left, the top left, the bottom right, the top right. He knows, man. And I think he's going to pop off um, for for Aston Villa this season, hopefully. I've been reading recently some stuff about how he will operate with Wilson in the team and how they'll play together. And I'm starting to think that maybe Wilson is also quite a good pick, but I, I can't go for the double up because obviously... I've committed really hard to Jimenez at least for the start of the season now. So I've picked him. Um although huge shout out to Iñacho, huge shout out to Wilson who we haven't even talked about um as as potential options as well where there is just so much value in this range. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, um Richarlison as well that that it's going to be very hard to to pick a player um but yeah, it's just going to be very hard to pick a player and hopefully having Ings at 8 million means that I can move down to one of those players, even sort of through price rises.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, Danny Ings has been a player who has certainly been at the front of my mind. Um, And, you know, this is where I'm at with my team. Um, I feel like if I was to get rid of Son, it would be to downgrade him to, I mean, one of several 7.5 to 8 maybe even 9 million players, you know, there has Yeah, been... and there's so many that are
1: juicy, um, but like have like sort of question marks around them, like Mahrez, right?
0: Well, this is it. Yeah. I mean that he took the word straight out of my mouth. I mean, Mahrez has been one of those players that I've been looking at. And again, in a similar vein to Ben Rama, he's been getting a lot of uh, attention, certainly from the uh, social media sphere. And I think a lot of people are perhaps again, looking at that first fixture against Spurs and thinking, okay, Mahrez could, could be okay for that one and then look at the run after that i mean straight away that that second fixture against norwich um you know i mean a norwich side who will inevitably be reeling from a a salah hat-trick on the opening day of the season so i think that you know points are there to be gained from mares i think as well you know 7.5 percent team selected by It's, it's it's interesting to see that a lot of people i mean maybe apart from the likes of Grealish but I feel like a lot of uh I think a lot of FPL managers are just just have him on their team at the moment because of the fact that you know they've, they've forgotten about the transfer or they haven't perhaps uh, gone back to their team and, and changed him and they definitely had him when he was at at Villa um but you know that Mares excites me um and like I say if I go down to to the likes of Mares it will allow me to potentially upgrade the likes of Ben Rama um one thing that I have or there are a couple of moves that I have been looking at. And again, something that I've not potentially wanted to do because I don't want to go with a triple West Ham, but a player that, you know, I hold close to my heart, certainly after last last season, Vladimir Sufau, who I somehow want to get him in my team. Um, but again, I don't, I don't want to have three West Ham players in my side. I think that a lot of attention has to be given to the likes of Mason Greenwood as well. Uh, purely based on the fact that you know Marcus Rashford is out, Anthony Martial is maybe a few weeks away from full fitness. Um, you know, I don't know if Sancho is going to start in the first game, but I think that Sancho can certainly feature in that first game. And you know, I, it really leaves them with one out-and-out striker. The likes of Enerson Cavani is you know not going to be back for a week or so. So I just think that Greenwood could be a fantastic player at that 7.5 million price bracket as well Um, and a lot of these moves I am looking at do involve you know downgrading Son uh, trying to bring in someone like Greenwood uh, move funds around elsewhere on the team you know if I was to get rid of Son go down to Greenwood get rid of Ben Rama for a 4.5 I think that that would allow me to you know upgrade the likes of Obafemi to a uh, a Danny Ings Um, and then I think that what that will also let me do as well is I will have 0.5 in the bank to then maybe change one of Veltman or White to my boy Vladimir Sufal. So these are sort of some of the thoughts that I'm having at the moment. And uh, you sounded fairly confident in your team. Um, I'm certainly the, the the opposite. And as I said earlier, I'm going to try not to mess around with my team too much tomorrow but it will inevitably happen without mentioning the likes of Lukaku or, or Kane or any of these other players who are yet to have transfers completed are there any other players who stand out in your mind or any other players who have maybe got a bit of a, a bit of hope to make it into your team
1: yeah I think because I've got 0.5 in the bank and the way that I've been looking at it is that it's almost um, like the defender that currently occupies Tierney's spot an Ings versus like Cancelo and someone a little bit less than Ings. So what I could do, for example, is downgrade Ings. So this is the only change that I'm thinking about making. And this is why the news about Aston Villa has been so important to me is I could, for example, go Ings down to Watkins, keep, I don't really want to say coverage, but like keep one of those Aston Villa lads in there who probably will, I think there's a chance that they both explode and do really well at the start of the season. Um, And instead of having Tierney, I have Cancelo and that seems good to me. The problem with that is that the way that I'm set up at the moment with Ings and Tierney over Cancelo and a 7.5 striker is that this way round, I have money in the bank, which means I don't need to panic too hard about transfers at the start of the season, or I can upgrade one of my crappy 4.0 defenders to a 4.5, uh, although I'm looking at like Mitchell as, as the as the answer to that question. and And that's something that I guess I'm just thinking about, whereas... And and and, and yeah, it's something I'm thinking about, but it's also something where Um Tierney might have bad fixtures coming up. He starts with Brentford, easy fixture, right? Oh he's gonna just sink a couple of goals. But then it's it's tough, right? It's Chelsea, Man City, Norwich and Burnley. Um Yeah, maybe actually it's not so bad. So it's it's one of those where I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about his attacking potential and how I'm gonna have to play him through those tougher fixtures. And I might just commit to this team. There's a real chance that I don't make any more changes. And I I commit to this entirely now, uh, the same way that I've already committed to Jimenez. For probably at least the first 10 game weeks. I I hate to say it, but you can't name your team after a player and then get him out straight away, can you? That'd be so rude.
0: (laughs) Unless, God forbid, he does have... I mean, I I, I doubt that it will be a head injury. Um, Again, I mean, it would be very unlucky if it was, but... um, yeah, unless of course he doesn't maybe hit the ground running or, or perhaps perform as you would have expected, then you know there's no reason not to not to keep Jimenez in your team. And I think you know certainly you and I have a lot of love for for the guy. And I think you know he found himself in our teams towards the start of last season, um, and certainly in the previous season as well. He featured heavily in in my team, and I have fond memories of him uh, doing so well for me. So again, he falls into that price bracket, seven point five million and. You know, there are what, like, as I say, six or seven players in that price range who I think it would just be a, a matter of trying to pick the the sort of correct three or, or two to accompany the likes of Ivan Tony, um, certainly to begin the season and, and, you know, maybe change it around if, if it doesn't perhaps go your way. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. There's also, I guess, with keeping Tierney, there's also the option, I just sort of thought
1: about it, of going Ings down to Wilson and Tony up to Watkins as well and having that is is a it's not it's not worth it it's not worth it um I think Tony's probably someone that I want to keep for at least the start of the season see how he gets on so yeah those are my thoughts otherwise yeah as I said the team looked pretty standard for me and pretty set in stone um contrary to other years and I think this is true for both of us it feels like we've got picks that I'm gonna say template I don't really like using that word either but it feels like we've got very template-y sort of teams or at least spines with players that aren't particularly out of the box I mean last year we you know we started with some absolute wild cards I think I started with this this chap from Arsenal called called Aubameyang which is a bit uh no he was he was part of the the weird template but but I, we, I started with with Pulisic for example and and I hate to say this but I had Tierney rather than sort of some of the tried and tested players because of the way that the season was starting and the way that both Manchester teams didn't have fixtures to start and it was all a bit crap and up in the air. Whereas this season, I think we're starting on much sort of more solid foundations, which hopefully will will help us get through. And neither of us have Man City or Chelsea players, which will also hopefully mean that we don't have to make a bunch of horrible um, transfers when we realise that our players just aren't playing every week. Um, although kind of tempted to jump into it with Cancelo I must admit
0: (laughs) bring it on fair enough I think Nick that is a perfect place to end for this week of course we will be back next week reviewing all of the action from the first round of fixtures on the opening weekend of the Premier League season so Nick thank you very much for joining me